This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Hey there. This is Chris Cayola, writer, director, and producer of Dirt, an audio drama. Welcome to this bonus director's commentary episode. I'll use this time to get into things like where and how specific sound effects were created, what inspired certain scenes or character interactions, the recording process, both for background sounds and actors' voices, and in some cases, how things changed during production from my original script. I chose Chapter 4 for this director's commentary because while I absolutely love every episode of Dirt, Chapter 4 holds an especially dear place in my heart. There are other episodes that contain more action and more drama, but to me, Chapter 4 is quietly powerful in so many ways. So, let's get into it. The episode starts with Joseph leaving the Flores farmhouse late at night and walking to his car. But this time, we realize he's simply using his car as a private space to communicate with some co-workers. Text Mel. Hi Mel. I'm going to stay here tonight. In my first draft of the script for this scene, I had most of this written as the narrator talking, with some background music, basically explaining who Joseph was texting and why. But after listening to an early draft in that style, it just felt too distant and detached, especially since Joseph was coming off of such a surreal encounter with Salvador at the end of Chapter 3. Thanks, Mel. Talk soon. So instead, I redid the opening this time letting Joseph's body actions and dialogue convey what was happening, with no background other than the quiet interior of his car. I think we've all sat in a quiet car thinking deeply, or checking our phones, or whatever. And immediately, this new version felt to me far more intimate and relatable. Joseph even comically mimics the whoosh sound of a text being sent from his phone at one point. I personally think the scene turned out much better this way. And it was a good reminder to me early on in production to try to use dialogue and action over narration wherever possible. It kind of goes back to that show versus tell mantra that's taught in English or creative writing classes. By the way, the gravel footsteps you hear when Joseph is walking to and from his car in Wapato were actually recorded near my house in the Magnolia neighborhood in Seattle at a baseball field that has a gravel parking lot. And I had to do quite a few takes in order to get a clean recording without a lot of background sounds from passing cars and trucks and even airplanes. Magnolia is right in the flight path for planes approaching SeaTac Airport and Boeing Field from the north. So that means on certain days, jets fly right over our neighborhood every couple of minutes. Also, all the car sounds you hear all throughout the series Whether it's driving noises or doors opening and closing, the ignition turning on and off, are, 
Of course, the sounds of my car, a 2020 Subaru Outback. I imagine Joseph owning a much fancier car than a Subaru, being the CEO of a tech company and all. But I think, for recording purposes, the Outback did pretty well. So after Joseph sends his work texts, he dials up his older sister, Kim, who kind of serves as his confidant, especially when it comes to family matters. It's not super clear in the series how close Joseph is to his family, other than Kim. We know his parents are no longer alive, and he has a younger brother, Eric. Do you know there's a viral video going around? You mean, I know who the costume jaywalker is and no one else does? Kim is played by the fabulous Jeannie Leslie, a writer and friend who also lives in Seattle. Fun fact, Jeannie is really the only trained actor in Dirt, with several theater credits to her name. Sorry, Joseph, I don't mean to. I just, I just, the part where you put your eyebrow back on. Are you done yet? Jeannie is the first person I approached about doing voice acting for the podcast. And she's also the first person I ever recorded with, going all the way back to chapter one. I was pretty upfront with her at the beginning of it all that I didn't quite know what I was doing, especially back at the beginning. And that went for this scene as well. Joseph is in his car in Wapato, but Kim is in Santa Monica on the phone. So we hear her voice coming through Joseph's car speakers as they converse. I thought it would be cool to go for the ultimate realism and have Jeannie delivering her lines to me on the phone while I was in my car with my recorder positioned on the dashboard. Yeah, that's weird, Joseph. Seems way too coincidental. Mm-hmm. I'd love to say it worked, but it didn't. Jeannie delivered the lines beautifully, as she does throughout the series. But unfortunately, her voice was too muffled coming out of my car's speakers to be heard clearly. We gave it a good try, but in the end, it just wasn't going to work. So we went with Plan B instead. I'm thinking the father refers to Salvador. <laughs> Fortunately, Plan A served as good practice, so it wasn't always an effort. I asked Jeannie if she would instead simply record the lines again on her own, but this time into her iPhone using her wired earbuds. Um, what? Yeah, which by the way have a little mono mic on them that works great for certain situations. She did just that and then sent me the MP4 sound file from her phone, and it's those lines that you hear in the final version. Whoa. And now, they weren't recorded with a high-quality mic, but it actually didn't matter because I needed her voice to sound like it was coming through the phone anyway. So plan B ended up working perfectly. Hmm. Who do you think the we refers to? My guess is Imo and Ernesto. Right. Salvador's father. I have to point out that I think the best part of Jeannie's excellent performance here is her uncontrolled laughter in reaction to learning that Joseph was the costume jaywalker. I don't know if you've ever tried to laugh for stage or acting purposes, but it's not easy to make it sound candid or authentic. Somehow, Jeannie delivered pretend laughter so good that it makes me laugh out loud almost every time I listen to it. I should get some sleep. Okay. So, with Joseph and Kim on the phone talking for a while, now is probably a good time to break down how I construct a scene with multiple characters in it. Most people are surprised to hear that I don't do ensemble recordings. Instead, 
I record each character in individual sessions, going through all their lines from start to finish, and getting multiple takes of each line in slightly different styles, both as the actor wants to say it and how I hear them saying it in my head. This technique allows me to get a variety of takes that I can use in editing. So when you listen to a conversation between Kim and Joseph, or between Joseph and other characters, you're actually listening to a carefully pieced together montage of individual clips that might have been recorded minutes or even days apart. But hopefully, when you listen, it sounds like we're all in the same room together. They developed as a lip reading app. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. There's a moment I love late in this scene when Joseph rolls down his window so that Kim, who as I mentioned is in Santa Monica, can listen to the noises on the farm through Joseph's phone. I'd say about 90% of all the sounds you hear in Dirt are original recordings I've made for the podcast. And then there are a handful, like maybe four or five individual recordings that I've asked others to make for the show. And I'll get into a couple of those in a bit. The remaining background sounds that weren't made specifically for the show come from an incredible online resource called freesound.org. Hey, do you want to hear the crickets? The crickets in this scene, for example. While I'd love to record crickets myself, there just aren't that many loud crickets in western Washington, where I live, even during summer. Oh, I miss that. I do go on location to record sounds, but in this case, I wasn't able to get away when I needed to put the crickets into the mix. So those came from freesound.org. And the train horn you hear in the distance, that's also from freesound.org. So if you're a budding sound designer, it's a great place to find recordings that you don't already have or can't easily record yourself. I'll try to remember that. Just be sure to pay attention to the attribution licenses for each audio clip you want to use. After Joseph and Kim chat on the phone, Joseph stays overnight in Wapato at the farmhouse instead of heading back to Seattle. And just before his alarm goes off in the morning, he has another strange dream. It's the second of three dream sequences in season one. These dream scenes were really fun to put together. I wanted them to have a surreal, almost cinematic quality. Joseph is on an old boat with an old couple who don't speak his language and who don't seem to notice him at all. And then a mysterious canoe appears and is out of reach in one dream and then almost too close in another. This time, I see it first. The small canoe is behind Now don't laugh, but one of my favorite dream stories of all time is Frog and Toad, The Dream by Arnold Lobel. I don't remember how young I was when I first read or heard the story, but the feeling it gave me at that early age, I remember it very well. It was strange and scary, yet somehow alluring. Toad is on stage performing in a large theater, but Frog is the only person in the audience. And as Toad performs more tricks, Frog gets smaller and smaller. It's gone until he can no longer be seen or heard. And Toad begins to panic until he wakes up. And then everything is normal again. 
In my own dreams, I'm often in places that feel familiar, but something is off or different. I'm not really into analyzing dreams or figuring out what they mean. I think dreams are just our minds letting go for a bit and bending and warping reality, almost as if they appreciate the eight-hour break from the structure of real life. Anyway, from a sound design standpoint, the windy background effect in the dreams might be a bit cliche, but I love it. It reminds me of TV episodes from the 60s and 70s, and in particular, the episode from the original Star Trek series, when Kirk, Spock, McCoy, Mr. Scott, and Chekhov are transported to a make-believe OK Corral shootout. Everything about that episode, from the intentionally half-built building facades, to the strange orange sky, to the wind noise in the background, it all just taps into the surreal nature of dream reality, and I love it. Buenos dias, Joey. Good morning. Okay, now, this breakfast table conversation between Maria and Joseph is among my favorite scenes in all of Dirt. When I first wrote it and then recorded it with Anna, I can honestly say I wasn't sure how it would turn out or if I'd even need it. I didn't know if it would be too slow or unnecessary or what, especially coming off of a couple of already slow and quiet scenes. But it was important to me, especially after Salvador reveals the broader family background connections in Chapter 3, to further cement Joseph's personal connection to the farm in a more intimate, one-on-one moment like this. Mm-hmm. The thought of you driving so far in the dark like that, I don't like it. It's not a bad drive. Plus, it's almost all freeway. Lots of streetlights. Well, all the same. We have you a little longer. (laughs) And I think Anna delivered her lines so perfectly. Maria comes across as the family caregiver, for sure. But also, she's her own woman who is deeply involved with the farm and who has her own opinions, including about her daughter. And she isn't afraid to share them with Joseph. From an audio perspective, I didn't want to busy up the scene with more than what was needed. I considered adding background music, but in the end, I just went with a few environmental sounds, like the constant noise of an appliance somewhere nearby, and the use of utensils and breakfast items, right at hand, on the table. I think the relative silence brings the listener that much closer to the action, and the characters. And even though the scene is at a breakfast table, Anna's lines were recorded in a spare room at my house the same room I've used to record nearly everybody who appears in dirt. It's a medium-sized room with carpeting and soft surfaces, which results in a pretty neutral sound, which is great because the recordings can then be adapted to fit almost any environment. Seeing you on TV, you were so far from the world that we need you in. But we were so proud of you. We are so proud of you. For just about all of the dialogue in Dirt, I use a Sennheiser MKE 600 shotgun microphone, which produces a really crisp sound that I like. Well, they were going to start a family after his deployment. It has been very hard for her, but she has a lot of life to live still. For now, her home is here on the farm. It seems to be what she wants. I see. 
Maria and I walk behind the farmhouse and down a trail that goes past the chicken coop I used to clean and collect eggs from. As Joseph and Maria leave the house and walk toward the blue barn, I wanted the first several seconds of the scene to feel very full and very different from the more muted interior sounds of the previous scene. There are three or four different recordings that were captured at different times that are layered together to create what's going on in the background. The footsteps on the grass is my wife Sarah and me walking in circles on our back lawn. The chainsaw is from a yard crew working a few houses away from ours. The birds and more ambient noises are just the sounds of a typical day in our neighborhood. And then the rooster sounds. Those are from a tiny house that Sarah and I stayed at on Whidbey Island a couple of years ago, where chickens and geese and one very proud rooster wandered around the property all day. Hello, Mama. I know you need to get going soon, and I know we have some unfinished conversation. But first, there's something I want to show you. All of the sounds, except the rooster and chainsaw, were recorded with my Zoom H5 recorder. The rooster and chainsaw sounds were recorded on my iPhone, since I didn't have my recorder at the ready. So, by the way, if you hear a cool sound around you and you don't have a professional recorder, just record it using the Voice Memos app on your smartphone. You'd be surprised how useful and adaptable the sound file from your phone might be, even if the quality isn't pristine. After Salvador, who is played by the awesome Jonathan Fuentes, leads the group around the backside of the blue barn, he hoists open a garage door. When we're all looking, he pulls up the metal door and says, Nice, huh? Oh, the blue thing is still on. Ah, uh, I asked Jorge to take that off. One moment, please. The sound you hear of the door opening actually came from my dad, Ken Cayella, who has several credits in dirt, including this scene. My dad lives on the other side of Washington, in the Spokane Valley, which is where I grew up. It's practically in Idaho. My dad is a highly regarded custom woodworker, who has his own large shop with lots of tools and machines and other stuff that make cool noises. When I was editing this scene, I got to the point where I needed a garage door sound. So I texted him and asked him to use his iPhone to record him opening up his large shop bay door. I was originally planning to use the recording as a stand-in until I could get over there and record it with my Zoom recorder. But what he sent me sounded so cool, I just left it in. And the sound of the tarp being removed is just regular old me handling a tarp in our backyard shed. I did several takes of it with the Zoom recorder placed at different distances and directions from the tarp in order to try to get the effect of the action being done away from where Joseph is located. So that's another good tip, I suppose. When you're recording Foley or environmental sounds, do multiple takes and position the recorder at different vantage points away from the action, in front of it, behind it, to the left and right, from different distances, etc. Of course, you can get similar results by using the panning and volume controls in your editing software too, but it's nice to start with a recording that is already doing a lot of the spatial work for you. Jonathan really had a lot of fun with the lines and suggested several alternate wordings. One of my favorite deliveries in the whole episode is when he seems disappointed at the idea of the restored tractor being displayed at the Chamber of Commerce. Oh, I just knew we have to bring it back to life. 
Not only because everybody loves old tractors. He means he loves old tractors. But because of what it represents. And I guess what this farm represents. The Chamber people said they may want to put it in display on their building with a plaque on it. In that moment, Salvador really sounds like a grown kid in a man's body who really just loves having tractors around. And then the ensuing dialogue from Maria and Antonia as they playfully give him a hard time about it. He wants to keep it. We don't have much use for it. He just likes looking at it. I do? You do. It just really creates for me a warm family dynamic. And it makes me want the same for Joseph. One small sound design note here. In the moment when the group steps into the garage to take a closer look at the tractor, I wanted to make sure that the background sound changed accordingly and convincingly. Can we take a closer look? It's incredible. The quieter air sound is just room tone from my house. But I was like, we need to hear a fluorescent light bulb flicker in the background so we know we're inside basically a garage. And sure enough, on freesound.org, I found just what I needed. The sound of a flickering fluorescent light bulb. Does it run? Donita? And then the sounds that you hear as Antonia climbs up into the tractor seat. Well, I wish I could say that those are real tractor sounds, but I didn't have direct access to a farmall. The metal clanks as she steps onto the tractor are me gently knocking a stick against the side of our hot water heater. And then the sound of her sitting in the seat is really just me sitting on a partly inflated camping mattress. But the tractor sound. Now, this really did come from an old Farmall A tractor. And as luck would have it, my dad is acquainted with someone named Casey who owns a small farm a few hours north of Spokane, not far from the Canadian border. Casey said he had an old Farmall Model A on his farm and would be happy to record it for me. I mean, how lucky is that? So I emailed detailed directions to Casey and he was kind enough to record several takes, again, just using his iPhone. The only hitch was that they didn't include the tractor turning on and off, but I was able to find close enough sounds on freesound.org to bolt on to the beginning and ending of Casey's recordings hmm. to complete the overall sound effect. So now, with the engine off, Joseph is quietly standing at the back of the garage and clearly captivated by something that he's staring at. After several seconds of really loud engine, it's quite the contrast. And I love the interplay between loud and sudden quiet. I think it's a great way to draw listeners in. Joey, what is it? It was a huge goal of mine to pull off the ending with as little narration as possible. Is there something here for you, Joseph? There is some, of course, at the very end. But here again, I wanted the action and dialogue to convey most of what was happening, almost as if you are in the garage with them. Okay, Joseph, I've been waiting for it. I know what this is. Does anybody use it? Is that your question? Sorry, 
I mean, does it belong to anybody? Not that I know of. It's been laying around the farm for years. As you can tell, we don't toss much out here. So no, as far as I know, it doesn't belong to anybody. Mr. Flores. I turn to Salvador, and he seems to be waiting eagerly. In fact, all three of them are, as if my entire visit is coming down to this moment. Mr. Flores. Would you show me where Imo and Ernesto planted their very first tree? Yes, I know right where it is. Do you want to go there now? I do. One more thing. Would you mind if I bring this with us? Not at all. And this is the first time we hear any sounds associated with the old metal detector. In case you're wondering, it really is an old vintage metal detector, which I bought on eBay from a collector in Wyoming. If you want to see a picture of it, along with our cat who isn't quite sure what to make of it, go to dirtaudiodrama.com slash about. A thing that may have belonged to Imo himself. A thing that might be inextricably tied to the mystery I'm trying to solve. A White's Electronics Coinmaster 4 metal detector. It's been so much fun creating this podcast, and I hope you found this bonus episode entertaining and informative. If you have any questions about any behind-the-scenes stuff, feel free to ask them on Twitter. We're at Dirt Audio Drama. Stay tuned for more bonus content like this in the near future. And thank you very, very much for listening to Dirt, an audio drama. Dirt, an audio drama, is a production of Studio 5705. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. It's the last days of summer, 1920. Do you know where your children are? They should be playing outside. Come on, Chelsea. Mima says we're not allowed to go to this house. We're not even supposed to be on this side of town. Doing their chores. Why aren't these chicken coops clean? Please, Father. I'll be good. I'll be... Ah! Oh, God! Obeying their parents. You look me right in the eyes and tell me you didn't steal this bike. Ma, no! I've been helping Mr. Diamond, all right? Lord, don't tell me my son is working at a speakeasy. Exploring their feelings. Let's go over to the apple tree. Gosh, <laughs> okay. But unfortunately for these young fools, the neighborhood bully has other plans. Tonight, you are going to meet me out in front of the old Barnaker house. Howling house? Why? <laughs> now, a boy scout, a tag-along, a doormat, and a delinquent will dare to spend the night in the most haunted estate in Arkham. Will they survive to see the sunrise? Or will they succumb? To the hunger of Howling House. You're going to die tonight.
What is that thing? Is this, is this the witch's library? I'm gonna kill you! Not tonight! Roger, make him stop! No! You watch! Run away, little ones. Oh, I'm so hungry. Listen to the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program's award-winning season, Night at Howling House. The complete story, available everywhere you listen to podcasts, and at CthulhuMystery.com. All the, all the outs and free, all the outs and free. <laughs>